welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss season three of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode 21. Let's get started. Okay. Okay, well, I'm going to start with the recap of episode four of Do Shapeshifters Dream of Electric Sheep? <laughs> We're in Boston and we see Bolivia and Peter having dinner at a restaurant and people watching while they try to profile the fellow diners. Peter notices an older man and a young woman having dinner and tells Olivia that they both get something out of the pairing. The woman gets security and the man gets hurt. He tells Olivia that he can tell by their body language that they haven't slept together yet and that you can always <laughs> tell when a relationship is about to take the next step. Olivia kind of looks at Peter and kind of like, what you trying to say? Or actually, faux Olivia, Bo Olivia. And Peter smiles and tells her that he had a really good time at dinner, but he better get home before Walter starts calling all the ERs. As they leave the restaurant, Bo Olivia asks him to excuse her for a moment, and we see her going into the ladies' room and leaning against the closed door, taking deep breaths. The next day, we are in Brookline, Massachusetts, and we see two girls... Uh, setting up a lemonade stand uh, by the curb of a tree-lined street. A car pulls up, and the girls greet Senator Van Horn, who is driving. He tells them that Mrs. Van Horn has been running around the city all day, and he is parched, so he really needs a cup of lemonade. He tells them that it's possibly the best lemonade he's ever had, and gives them some money, and drives off. The girls call after him to stop so that they can give him his change, and while he's looking at them in the rearview mirror, he runs a stop sign and is broadsided by a truck. We next see the senator being wheeled into a hospital where a nurse tells the doctor that he has no pulse. The doctor says, well, he's still breathing, so that's really not possible, and they wheel him into the OR. We see Philip Broyles arriving at the hospital and greets Patricia, the senator's wife, and demands information on the senator's condition from a nurse. Uh, as the doctors try to work on the senator in the OR, we see Newton bust into the OR and tell them to move away from the senator. The doctor tells him he can't be in there. Newton pulls out a gun and shoots him and mm -hmm. starts shooting. You hear gunshots mm -hmm. and screaming. Um, we see Broyles running to see what's going on. And about this time, Newton is wheeling the senator's body down the hall shooting people along the way. He shoots a security guard that runs out. Um, Broyles arrives and tells Newton to drop the gun when Newton starts shooting at him. So Broyles ducks behind this corner, returns fire, and hits Newton in the shoulder. At this point, Newton grabs a nurse to shield himself and tells Broyles that he's going to kill her if he doesn't stop. Broyles tells him to drop the gun again, and Newton... Turns around, shoots the senator that's still on the gurney in the middle of the hall in the eye mm -hmm. and runs down the hall with the nurse, pushes her down, and um, Broyles turns to run out this doorway window combination when he sees another security guard, shoots him, jumps out the window, and kind of like slides down this little banister thing and escapes. Broyles runs over to the senator and sees that the bullet wound from his eye is bleeding mercury silver. Mm. So we go to the credits and commercial, and then we come back, and we're at Massive Dynamic, 
and we see Peter and Nina walking down the hallway. Peter talking with her about how she can be okay with Walter being in charge of the company. Nina tells them it was William's wish, so her personal feelings aren't an issue. She doesn't care. She tells them that his father is brilliant, despite the mistakes he's made in the past, and that what her and William believed in was him and that he could do it. We see Walter in a meeting with all the scientific staff, trying to get them to open their minds and realize that there are no limits to what the human mind can do and think of. Peter and Nina enter the room just as Walter is going off on a tangent and about to take his clothes off <laughs> when Peter tells him they need to go on to a case. Broyles briefs them all on the situation of Senator Van Horn and Newton at the hospital and tells Olivia that her hair, and um, oh wait, Walter tells Olivia that her hair looks like lemon diamonds in the, in the light mm -hmm. and Peter tells them all that he self-medicated that morning. <laughs> That's why he's a little freaky. Walter loved Talking. him drugs. Walter tells him that they oh, he does some of his best work while he's being self-medicated, so whatever. <laughs> um, Broyles tells them to get to work on finding out when the senator was replaced by the shapeshifter and for what purpose. He tells them that he also has um, top security clearance and sat in on many classified briefings, so he wants to find out what all meetings that the senator was involved in and what he may have learned while he was uh, shapeshifted. Peter tells Broyles that if they can get to a sitting U.S. senator, the government could be compromised. And Broyles tells him that he's ordered everyone on the Hill to have blood tests. <laughs> Olivia's looked at Hinky during this whole conversation mm -hmm. and leaves and tells him that she's going to go leave and get to the senator's office to seal it up and make sure nothing gets in or gets out. Yeah, right. Walter goes to examine the body and is being helped by some other agent at the hospital morgue. She asks him if it is if it's not a machine, what is it? And he tells her that it's a little bit of both, machine and human, and that he's a little envious that William Bell thought of it before he did. Peter comes into the room with a pack of licorice and the agent leaves the room. Peter and Walter hypothesize that Newton shot the shapeshifter in the eye on purpose to incapacitate it and perhaps damage the power source. Peter asks him if he could fix him, and Walter tells him that they can definitely try. Newton, we see, in a wooded area with his car with all this lab equipment on the hood, trying to fix his bullet wound on his shoulder. Bolivia calls him and asks him why he went to the hospital and what, why did he do all this to bring attention to himself. He tells her that the shapeshifter senator had information and they needed to make sure that no one could recover the data that he had. He also says that the senator was a senior officer and knew everything. More importantly, information about Bolivia. Mm -hmm. She looks worried and he tells her that her cover is safe for now. She says, well, what do you mean by that? And he tells her that he doesn't know what her mission is, but he assumes it's for her to gain Peter's complete trust and that Peter senses something's not right because she can't fully commit to the task. And because of all this, she's going to fail. Mm -hmm. He goes, click, click. <laughs> and Olivia is P.O. Is he hung up on her? Walter and Peter continue um, to examine the eye socket of the shapeshifter senator. And Walter tells him that they need to transfer the body back to the lab at Massive Dynamic where he has more equipment. Walter notices the body, the hand on, his, on the body moving and tells Peter that he's tweaking and thinks that maybe some chamomile tea will help him. 
Peter notices the same movement and tells uh, Walter that he might have something. About this point, Bolivia enters the room and Walter tells her that the tin can is still kicking. <laughs> we see Astrid arriving at the lab in Massive Dynamic, where Walter is examining the body and announces herself to the guard. He has her listed as Astro Farnsworth and she tells him, yeah, that's me. Whatever. Oh, goodness. She's carrying a box of things that Walter asked her for and holds up a picture of George W. Bush and a copy of Hump Magazine. And she tells him she doesn't know what they're for, but she's disturbed. <laughs> That's funny. And Walter asks her, which item is she talking about? She says, both, really. <laughs> Walter tells her that they're going to make a treasure map of the brain to find the data storage unit in the shapeshifter. He wants to use both of the items that she brought as visual stimuli to map its neural pathways to try to find its memories and everything it knows. As he speaks, he calls her Astrid. And she kind of looks at him funny and tells him that he never gets her name right. And he tells her it must be the LSD. Oh, Lord. Mm. At the senator's office, we see Peter and Bolivia looking through the desk and files. Bolivia is looking <coughs> kind of, you know, uneasy. And she tells Peter that she can handle this if he wants to go check on Walter. Um, Peter tells her that he is fine and Walter is, is sure to be fine at Massive Dynamic. And um, Peter tells her um, that there's really not much there in the office. And Bolivia says, well, he would have been really careful. He, he's been doing this for a while. He probably would have been very careful. Peter says, yeah, but he didn't know that today was the day that he was going to die. So there's got to be something in here that we can mm -hmm. find and use. Bolivia's cell phone rings and she tells Peter it's Rachel and kind of steps out into the hallway to talk. She answers, and Newton complains to her about leave, her leaving multiple messages for him. She tells him that Newton is alive and on the 23rd floor of Massive Dynamic and that he better take care of it this time. Um, about this time, Peter finds a briefcase, and he jimmies it open to find files and pictures of Olivia, him, and Walter, as well as every case they have ever worked on in the French division. We next go to Yonkers, New York, and we see a family eating dinner when there is a knock on the door. The man gets up, his name is Ray, to go into the door, and he sees Newton standing there. So we know something's up. Yep. He tells Ray that he has an assignment for him and hands him an envelope with blueprints and a of massive dynamic and a picture of Senator Van Horn. He tells him to shift into a new body of someone with clearance to get up there and get the job done. When Ray stands there just looking at him, Newton asks him if there's a problem. Ray tells him he's surprised since he hasn't seen him in five years. Newton tells him he can take a new identity after the mission is over and to leave no traces behind that can expose them. And as he's saying all this, he's looking behind Ray into the house and at that family that's sitting at the table eating. Ray tells him that he'll contact him when it's done and just shuts the door. Uh, we see Broyles at Massive Dynamic, and he has set up extra security and agents in the lobby, and Bolivia asks him why he thinks Newton will try to recover the body. Peter, or excuse me, uh, Royals tells her he'd rather be wrong than sorry, and he just wants to be prepared. <laughs> About this time, Walter gets off the elevator and runs over to them, but Peter holds him off to ask Royals to widen the <coughs> blood testing after he finds out that everyone that they tested so far is clear. 
Bryles tells them they're going to test everyone at level four and above. And Peter says, based on the files, Van Horn's been in place for at least two years and that they might need to widen it. Broyles asked them if there was any other information about how to get how the shapeshifter got his orders when Walter butts in and tells them that they should just ask him. <laughs> Back in the lab, Astrid tells them that they have been trying various techniques to find data. Walter shows the shifter a toy car and there's no neural activity. But when he shows it a picture of the wife, there is a little bit of reaction on the monitor. Walter tells them they need to have a stronger trigger to relieve or to revive the pathways and find the data. He thinks the emotional connection it had to they had to have to pretend to have a wife and a real family created a real connection to form. He wants to use the wife, but Bolivia protests that she's just a civilian and doesn't have the right clearance. Mm-hmm. Broyles tells him that he knows he's known Patricia Van Horn for most of his life. And says that her her character is beyond question. Bolivia looks worried. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now, meantime, <clears throat> I'm doing the last part. Meantime, at the home of the assassin shapeshifter, we see him uh, in the middle of the night, and he opens up this secret safe in his bedroom. His wife is asleep in the bed, and he takes out a gun. And uh, then we see, uh, as it widens out, that he's dressed as a police officer. So before he leaves, he checks on his son, who is laying in the bed awake. And he says, uh, you know, there's a monster under my bed. And so the assassin guy, Ray, Ray, okay, Ray says, uh, you know, well, he talks to his son and tells him that sometimes monsters can be nice. And you, you really get the feeling he's talking about himself. And he says, and maybe... Uh, they can even become your best friend. So the son says, but you're my best friend. It's really cute. So Ray tells him that, you know, he'll check on him when he gets back home from work. Mm-hmm. Now, back at Massive Dynamics, we see Patricia Van Horn um, arriving. And she's getting ready to take to the shapeshifter, who she thought was her husband. So she's a little upset, but, you know, she's going to do it because she's doing it for broils. So at first, she does not uh, awaken any memories in her husband. And then, when she talks to the shapeshifter about her personal feelings about him and like their kids and the grandkids and stuff, and she touches him lightly on the shoulder, the shapeshifter starts exhibiting all this neural activity. And he sits up and he says, uh, uh, this, this, we think it's gibberish. It's, he's repeating these numbers and repeating these certain words over and over and over. And Patricia tells Broyles that what the phrasing that he's saying is about their anniversary, which is going to, which was supposed to be the next month. They were going to uh, uh, go to a hotel and take these specific trips. And so the words that he's saying is the date of the uh, of their anniversary, the date of their trip, and the names of the hotels. So she made a connection. So Patricia. Is a little upset, but, you know, Walter thanks her, or excuse me, uh, Broyles thanks her, and uh, she, uh, she leaves. And Walter and Peter, they're talking about how, you know, how can they get to the shapeshifter's memories while the fake Olivia, I'm calling her the fake Olivia, she gets a text message from Newton. And Newton is trying to say, uh, ETA in 15 minutes, get out. You know, so he's going to be there in 15 minutes or the the assassin's going to be there in 15 minutes. So Olivia tells Walter 
okay, Walter, you need to take a break. Everybody needs to take a break. And, you know, maybe if you just get a change of scenery, maybe it'll help figure things out. See, I mean, she's real slick with getting them, you know, out of the way and everything. So they all go down to the cafeteria. So next we see Walter and Astrid in the cafeteria line and they're getting little food and they're talking about animal crackers and stuff. And Walter's saying, um, or Astrid is telling Walter, uh, you know, I know you really love animal crackers. And he says, no, I don't really like animal crackers. I just eat them, you know, in, in, in remembrance of belly. He says, I like the dinosaurs myself. And so he be... He begins to talk about that, and all of a sudden, he says, wait a minute. And it's like a little light bulb went off in his brain. He says, I need to get back to the lab. So he leaves Astrid in the line. He says, look, I'll be right back. I need to go do something. And and he goes to leave, and then he turns around. He tells her not to eat his pudding. I tell you, Walter's kind of crazy. But anyway, so Walter is is, you know, doing his little rush run shuffle to the elevator. And as Walter gets into the elevator, then Ray, the assassin shapeshifter, he gets in that same elevator. Of course, he's looking all stern and evil looking. And so Walter, as they're riding up to the 23rd floor, Walter turns to Ray and he starts talking to him about the dinosaurs. And he says, you know, the Stegosaurus had a massive amount of nerves right about where his little rump is. And then Walter says, how clever Belly was. He just thought of where the brain on the Senator, uh, the, uh, 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 Senator Van Horn shapeshifter, he just thought where it was. And so, you know, Ray is just kind of looking at him like, mm, and he's just looking straight ahead. So when Walter gets to the 23rd floor and he gets off the elevator, and of course there's a guard station there because they put a guard around everything. Then, of course, the guard recognizes Walter and says, you know, go right in. Then the guard tells uh, Ray, he says, uh, you're not authorized to be up here. Uh, you know, all the police officers are, are, are strictly working in the lobby. And then, so the assassin is just kind of standing there. He's not even looking at the guard. He's looking at Walter to see where Walter's going. Now, back at the cafeteria... We see the fake Olivia and Peter. They're sitting there at the table and they're talking. <clears throat> and uh, Peter's saying that he cannot believe that Patricia Van Horn didn't know that that wasn't really her husband. You know, because, you know, there had to be something different. And the fake Olivia says, well, you know, maybe she didn't notice anything because shapeshifters are, you know, good at their jobs. And Peter says, nah. He says, uh, you know, she probably made all kind of different excuses for the differences that she noticed in him. And, and she just kind of, you know, learned how to deal with it. Kind of like I do with you. I mean, the fake Olivia looked kind of alarmed, you know, and she looked really surprised. And so Peter says, you know, there are these little differences ever since you, uh, you know, you came back from the other side. And Peter says that she seems like a completely different person. And she seems, you know, less burdened. She's more patient with Walter. And he, then he says something that I don't like. He says, and he likes that change because change is good. So, mm, that's too bad. About that time, Astrid walks up and she's putting her uh, tray on the table. And so, the Olivia, uh, the fake Olivia and Peter look at Astrid and, you know, greet her. And they stay at the same time. Where's Walter? And so, Astrid says, I don't know, isn't he here? Peter jumps up from there and he runs to the elevator. Mm -hmm. Now, meantime, oh, poor Walter, up in the lab, 
Walter's in the lab and he's turning over the body of this uh, Senator Van Horn. Senator Van Horn, shapeshifter, he's a big guy. So Walter's having to kind of huff and puff. And Ray, the assassin, he comes in with his gun drawn and he orders Walter to move away from the body. And then, you know, Walter's just kind of absent-minded, but when he goes to turn around and he sees the gun. So then he kind of backs up. And while, while the assassin shapeshifter or Ray is digging in the spine at the lower spine of this uh, uh, shapeshifter body, uh, he's trying to get the memory chip. Then Walter sees this long knife on this table because, you know, they're in his lab and he gets it and kind of, you know, puts it down to his side. And as the shapeshifter uh, Ray is holding up this little memory chip saying, you know, you could kind of see in his mind like, yeah, you know, you were right, Walter. Then Walter closes his eyes and he plunges that knife into Ray. Oh, it was right into his stomach. And of course, you know, Ray pulls the knife out of his stomach and then he hits Walter right in the face. He decks him and, and, and of course, Walter stumbles and then he grabs Walter and throws him up against this metal beam that's uh, uh, toward the wall. And of course, Walter's out. Now, Peter... Meantime, he is getting on the, uh, uh, or standing in the lobby, and he's frantically pushing that elevator button. You know how you do when you want that elevator to hurry up so you keep on pushing it, you know? And when it finally comes, then Ray, the assassin shapeshifter, he's getting off the elevator as Peter and the fake Olivia get on the elevator. And when Peter goes to punch number 23, he notices that there's mercury on the buttons. So he yells, hey, you know, and he is is trying to get out of the elevator to chase Ray. But, of course, the elevator door is closed. So Olivia says, so Olivia pushes like the second floor because it just started. And she says, look, I'll go after him. You go see Walter. How convenient. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the fake Olivia uh, um, gets off on the second floor. And then, of course, Peter goes on up you know, to the 23rd floor. Now, when Peter gets up there, he immediately sees that the, the guard that's supposed to be stationed there, he's dead. He's on the floor dead. And so he runs down the hall of the lab and he, he finds Walter on the floor. And it's so cute because Peter is, is, you know, patting his little Walter's cheeks and everything, trying to, you know, get him to wake up. And Walter finally opens his eyes and he's bleeding on his, uh, head of course and he's telling Peter, uh, Peter about the stegosaurus has two brains and that, that one of the brains was you know uh, 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 right above his rump and that that's what they were after the fake Olivia runs in conveniently and says she couldn't find the shapeshifter so she calls for a paramedics and next we see uh, uh, Walter's head's really bleeding and it's really cute then Astrid runs in and she's just horrified to see Walter bleeding. And so, you know, Astrid and Peter help Walter to stand up and everything. And Peter goes to the computer to check the surveillance um, cameras. But he gets all frustrated because he, he doesn't have access to it. And so the fake Olivia seems really alarmed because Peter's telling her what he's getting ready to do. She seems really alarmed, like, oh, no, you know, they're going to be seeing and everything. And so Walter just casually walks over to this computer puts his thumbprint on there, and instantly all the cameras, you know, pop up and everything. So that was pretty neat. Now, the next scene is we are at Ray's home, and we see that as Ray is driving up to his home, Newton is already there. He's standing in Ray's front yard, and Newton is surprised that the 
that Ray did not shift to another body because he told him, you know, you need to find somebody who can be up on that floor and, you know, go take care of this guy. But Ray is still the police officer, Ray. And so Ray is is, is telling uh, Newton, okay, look, I got what you needed. Here's the memory chip. And he gives the memory chip to Newton. And then he's looking at the house. And so Newton says to Ray, uh, for him not to worry, because he says, I already took care of them. I mean, Ray gets mad and he looks angry. And he says, why did you do that? So Newton tells him, look, um, you know, I can understand. I, I don't quite understand your hesitation. When you were you know, given this job, you knew that you would have, this is just temporary, and you'd have to, you know, shift into somebody else. So you're going to have to move on. And Ray is saying, no. I, you know, I want to be here. This is my family. And he says, you know, now Newton says, it's time for you to, sh to shift into someone else and to move on. And so Newton says, that's what you were made for. And so Ray says, but these people are my life. How can, how can you ask me to give them up? And so Newton tells him, well, I suppose I can't. And then Newton kind of turns his back to Ray and Ray is looking like relieved, like, oh, he's going to let me go ahead and stay. And Newton turns around and shoots Ray in the head, mm, right in the forehead. Ray gone. So as we see Newton is stuffing Ray's body into the back of his car trunk, then Peter and Olivia are driving up. And so Newton jumps in his car and he speeds off. And of course, the fake Olivia is shooting at him. Now she's a marksman, right? But yeah. she can't hit nothing, and she can't hit the car either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she missed. All her shots missed. So Peter and Olivia, uh, Peter jumps back in uh, behind the, uh, the, uh, the wheel, and he's driving. And he and Olivia are chasing Newton all through the town and everything. And they go through this tunnel. And to me, that chase scene, once they entered the tunnel, it reminded me of the pictures I saw when, when uh, uh, Lady Diana, you know, they were speeding through that tunnel oh, and, and got in yeah. that wreck. And she died. Okay. That's what it, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And I just got kind of like a little chill, you know. But anyway, but, uh, and of course, Newton's car, he clips another car and, and it crashes. So it flips over and over and over like several times. And, you know, so um, when Peter screeches to a halt, of course, Olivia, the fake Olivia jumps out and she runs over to Newton's car first because she wants to get to him first to get that chip. And, and so Peter had, has uh, gotten out of the car, but he's on his cell phone calling for paramedics and, you know, 911 and this, that, and the other. And so um, he yells to the fake Olivia, does he have the disc? And that's what Peter's calling it. Does he have the disc? And so the fake Olivia is saying that she can't find it, but that, you know, she'll do a proper search once they get him back into custody. And, uh, but she's saying to Newton, you know, give me, give me the chip. So Newton gives her the, uh, the, uh, uh, memory disc. We next see that Newton is in a cell at the federal detention center. And it's one of those kind of cells where when they shut the door, it's a whole wooden door. You can't see nothing outside that room. There's no windows or nothing. And there's one little, little square slit that they open this little, little trap door, like, almost at the top of the door and you can like look in and see their faces. It's like that kind of, that kind of prison cell. And the fake Olivia is walking down the hall and she goes to the room and to visit him. And he's in a, he's in a cell number CB3-04. I don't know if that means anything, but we'll talk about that. 
Now, Newton is asking her if the Van Horn disc is secure. And, of course, she says yes and everything. And she's kind of looking at him weird. And next thing you know, she takes this little, small, translucent wafer. And she sits it on the little ledge of that little window, that small little window in the door. And Newton takes it. And then she says that she'll find things different without him. And so the fake Olivia says, uh, or Newton says, you know, well, you're going to find things really different without me. But at the same time he's saying that, he's picking up that little wafer. And so the fake Olivia says, well, there are plenty of machines here. I can befriend a vacuum cleaner. I mean, she was really nasty. So Newton smiles and says that, you know, she tries to pretend that she doesn't care, but her emotions betray her. Uh, um, and will be the downfall of her completing her little task. Anyway, so the fake Olivia is kind of mad and everything. So she closes that little window door and leaves him. And, and so we see her walking down the, the long corridor, you know, leaving his cell. Now, the last scene of the episode is kind of like one of those uh, uh, dual scenes where you got one action at Olivia's apartment and the other action showing uh, Newton in his prison cell. And we see... First, that Peter is at a bar. He's drinking, of course. And, of course, he receives a text message from the fake Olivia. And the text message says, Just finish briefing Broyles. Can you come over? We need to talk. So next we see that Newton is staring at that little wafer. He's got it in his hand and he's looking at it. And it's like a little translucent wafer. And he puts it on his tongue while he's sitting there in his little cell. And while Newton is... Falling on the floor, writhing around, dying. Then we see the fake Olivia. Uh, um, we see Peter arriving at the fake Olivia's apartment. And then when he arrives and the fake Olivia starts kissing him and everything. And they start making out. And they finally move. Uh, uh, the fake Olivia and Peter move to the bedroom. And you realize that they're getting ready to have sex right as Newton foaming at the mouth. And, he, yeah, and he's he's. He's choking and everything, and then he just don't move no more, and his eyes are staring, so he dead. Then. <laughs> that was a very good episode. That was an But I'm kind of sorry that Newton's gone. Me too. I was going to say that. You know, dang. I like the Newton character, especially the last couple of episodes. Yep. Because we got to see him get kind of... Rowdy. Rowdy bowdy with mm -hmm. Olivia, which I love. Mm -hmm. He was like, I don't know what your mission is, but you're failing. And you're going to fail <laughs> well, because you can't commit. You can't get the job done. Well, I think it seems to me that ever since that episode, which was the first episode after she came back and we realized it was a fake Olivia, uh, when she let him know, uh, this is my operation, my, yeah. then Newton hasn't had too much too much love for her because, like you said, I've been here for a long time. You know, I know what's going on and what's what right. and everything. And he was trying to tell her, you know, your emotions are going to be your downfall. And and that's what Peter was trying to tell her at, uh, at the cafeteria. Yeah, you're different. You've been different ever since you came back. Mm-hmm. Peter, I mean, I like this because it, Newton is outlining... The same thing that we know yep. and that Peter's going to see, there's little bitty things that you're doing wrong, yep. you're not committing to the full story, that you're not going to get right, and 
you are going to fail if you don't get that stuff together. Yeah. Peter's also seeing something different in her. But he, even though he's saying the senator's wife did the same and she kind of discounted right. all these different feelings, he's doing the same thing. He's doing the exact same thing. The exact same thing. The exact same thing. Because what he told her was, all these changes I noticed, but they're good. I like them. Yeah. You Please. dummy. You dummy. You should be, and especially Peter. He should be thinking about it a little more, it seems to me. Be. Yeah, could we be. We might see that he is, because Peter's not dumb. No, and he knows. He knows how to play shit off if yeah. he has to play shit off. So Yeah, that's we true. We might see that he's kind of playing. I kind of hope he's playing it off. I hope so, too. And not just pulled in by it, because to me it's annoying. I don't like this whole I love story angle. Mm-mm. I haven't liked it since... The first whatever episode that it started. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I still say, of course, you know, I, I complain about this in every episode that that we're in our reality time or our universe. Where's her sister and that little niece? Oh, we ain't seen them yet. They've been gone for a while, though. Even I mean, but still, I mean, mm-mm. Does but that I little mean, girl would know. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're making it to where at least someone is kind of paying attention to this little changes. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's not enough. We need to see more. Well, this is what I think. I think Walter is going to be instrumental in, in detecting that she's the fake Olivia. Because I think probably somewhere down the road, he's going to be medicated with something a little bit different. Than he normally, than his normal LSD or marijuana or something, and he's gonna get some kind of. I don't know about that. Something. I think Walter's just intuitive anyway. Yeah, he is. Maybe figure it out, but I think Peter might be more apt to figure it out than Walter right now because Walter's so busy dealing Mm -hmm. with the massive dynamic stuff, and he's excited about his new labs. Well, and Peter's with her more too. Peter's with her more, especially with this relationship, although they've never been in a relationship before. So mm-hmm. he, you know, he doesn't really know what she would be like on a personal level, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I just don't like that. I'd, I'd rather them have this little tension or something mm-hmm. um, from afar. Yeah. I was real upset, though, when that shapeshifter assassin hit Walter. Oh, I yeah. mean, I thought, what? And then when he grabbed him and threw him up against that beam? Yeah. Oh, man. I said, uh-oh. This is not good. Poor Walter. But at least he didn't kill him, though. Now, talking about Ray, the shapeshifter, mm-hmm. I kind of like that scene. The whole character. Yeah. I really like that. Now, I thought that to was me, pretty good. You, you mentioned that it was his son. That wasn't his son. That was like his stepson. Well, yeah. I like that whole little exchange with him and the family. Well, he was talking about his self. He got his little gun out. You thought he was just going to go through the house killing that folk, but he didn't. No, I didn't think he was going to kill them. Yeah. I never, that never even that's occurred what, to me. Uh, it occurred to me. No. It that's never what you wanted to me. him to do. Right. But that never occurred to me simply because of the scene, the dinner scene, when Newton first came to the house. The way he interacted with that kid. I just... I just never had a feeling that he would really hurt him. And the way he balked when Newton says, yeah, you, you know, you, you find somebody else to shift into yeah, he's like, and well, get up there and stuff. And then, you know, you go on because that's what you're supposed to do. See, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted oh, no, to stay he with didn't that want family. to, but he, he was going to have to. I knew Newton was not going to let 
him and the family live. I don't think Newton killed the family. I don't think he did either. No, I think he just said that to the guy right. to get him to leave, uh, to go ahead and go on to the next uh, uh, phase. Well, I think yeah. he already knew he was going to kill Ray. Yeah, know? could be. And Newton, he never got emotional with anyone in all the no. years he was there. So that's why he's probably like, what? what is wrong with these people? Mm-hmm. And why is Olivia so, you know, Olivia, the one thing about her, the faux Olivia, is that even though... She's not a shapeshifter. She's just more cold, it seems, and calculating mm-hmm. um, like them. And I don't know. I guess this is, to me, what's so stark about the faux Olivia and the re- regular Olivia is that she's so much more empty, it seems like, or cold or unfeeling mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, I think... Well, I don't see it that way. I think her coldness... Uh, when she's when she's dealing with her assignment, because that's what you're talking about. Because yeah. otherwise, we see her trying to act like the real Olivia. Um, but I think her coldness is because she has been taught all of the time that she has been with the justice, uh, uh, the Department of Defense, and the French Division that the other universe people were bad, that they were bad and that we have to do whatever their mission is because that's the only way we could save our universe. And so uh, of course she would look at it as a, as a cold detached um, thing, but this is what I say. And I don't care what she, what she tries to project or what she tries to say with Newton. I think she is really having feelings for people in our universe and not only Peter, I really think so, and therefore that's that is going to be her downfall. That's going to be her downfall. Mm-hmm. Because she had well, feelings for for her boyfriend back in the in her universe. So you know, I don't think she's she's completely cold as far well, as her downfall personal. is going to be that she's too intensely trying to do her own agenda. Her downfall is going to be she does not have a photographic memory like the real Olivia. Right. That's that's, that's going to be her downfall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Walter is going to say something that she that the real Olivia should already know because she's already done it or something. Yeah, and she's going to be. And like, she's what? going. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking mm-hmm. about, Walter? And if Peter's there, then he's going to he's going to give her one of them Sorry. looks, but he's not going to say nothing. Peeping it out. Yeah, but he's not going to say anything though because you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I really like the scenes with Walter and Astrid, of course, I do too. always, and her calling him on the fact that he never calls her by her name. I know, except he did that time. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm saying, "Well, I'm high, so that's why I'm yeah. probably doing it." But yeah, I like that. I also found it funny. I like seeing Broyles with a, like a personal personal story. I like mm-hmm. seeing him when we see him. Mm-hmm. But to me, didn't it strike you that he must, he has a thing for redheads? Because the way that the, the, he was, I've known Patricia Van Horn for most of my adult life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, huh, how do you know Patricia Van Horn? Broils. Well, I didn't take it like that because, okay, the, the, she was married to a senator. And, you know, Broyles has been up in the government and he has connections, deep connections with so well, many people. I, felt, I didn't take it that I way. I thought that they was looking at each other, like he was looking at her a little too much. <laughs> on her. She's like, oh, Philip, I'll try. 
Well, now, him and Nina had a thing. Right, they need, they I know. need to do that little backstory up. I know. That's because why I Aaron said. William Bell saying, had a thing, too. So Nina was getting around. Nina was, honey, Nina was out there. Yeah, she was getting around. Getting around. <laughs> Nina was I like playing. her, though. I like her character, though. I do, too. I really like her character. I really do. Yeah. And what about that scene? Isn't this the... The one where, uh, oh no, that was the other week where Walter was leading that class and he get, was getting ready to take his pants down. No, this was it. He was this talking was it. to yeah. his science. He is so crazy. He, he is so crazy. He was so talking to his science advisors. And also what I liked about it too is when Walter got hurt and Peter raced up. This is the first time we've kind of seen Peter yep. kind of initiate physical contact with he Walter. He was upset. And, and looking concerned about Walter's mm-hmm. welfare. Mm-hmm. Usually it's Walter looking at Peter that way. And this, mm-hmm. and this is a little bit different. So it's kind of like Peter is starting to forgive him and understand why he did what he did. I think he does. And mm-hmm. now that he knows more of what his real father, Walter, mm-hmm. and it was up to, I think he's going to accept Walter. Well, what I like about Walter more. is, you know... John Noble plays this character so well. And that is, he and Astrid were just having a conversation about animal crackers. And he he started talking about dinosaurs were his favorite kind of little cookie. And then he got talking about, you know, they got two brains and stuff. And, oh, oh that's what it is. And, you know, yeah. he, he gets these breakthroughs from, from just innocent conversations and stuff. And, like, when he was talking to that woman and... And um, he was asking her for some red licorice, and she was no, looking some at dots, dot yeah, candy, yeah, some dots. And then uh, candies or whatever. Peter bought that whole pack of red licorice. That was funny. That was funny because that woman looked at them like, "Y'all She's must like, be well, crazy." I have no idea. I don't eat sugar. Mm-hmm. Mm, <laughs> I love it when she left, and he looked at her <clears> and said, <throat> "She was really bringing a negative vibe to the room." <laughs> I'm glad she got. Mm-hmm. That was a very good episode. I love episodes when they kind of get out of the lab. Mm -hmm. They are all together. And we see little snippets of each of our favorite people. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not in the Harvard lab anymore. We're in the Massive Dynamic lab, which to me is exciting. Yeah. It's a different environment. So I like that. And that they're actually showing us in different places now. Well, and like they had to, like Newton and, and Olivia, I mean, they had to, Really maneuver slick to yes. even get up there because they on the twenty third floor. Oh yeah, and they got security because that's the first thing mm-hmm. they was doing. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, so like um, when they testing everybody's blood, does does the fake Olivia have different blood or something? No, okay. she's human. Okay, but okay. um, they may be able to tell something in her something blood else. that's not there. Like this Olivia has the cortexafan in her system, or I don't know. I think she'll be fine mm-hmm. because she's not a shapeshifter. Yeah, that's true. Because they were testing but for the shapeshifters. She probably don't want them to test it just in that's case true. they can find something. Mm-hmm. Maybe she has a different blood type. I don't know if the different mm-hmm. universes have different blood well, types or what. Well, since they killed off Newton, they must be getting ready to introduce another I liked character that she's going to interact with because... Now, to me, Newton was... Did what he was trying to tell her she needs to do. Commit to the full task. I mean, Excuse me. Yeah. Commit to the full task. He went in there to get that senator. 
No, the full task was look. Oh yeah. To better the mission, I got to go. I got to die because yeah. they're gonna torture me. They're gonna or they'll take my power source or my chip or whatever. Yeah. And they're gonna get the information about what's going on. He committed to the full task, and that's I think what he was trying to tell her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what prompted her to say, "Hey, Peter, come over." Yeah. To mm-hmm. gain his full and complete trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that either. I don't like that at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, but we'll see how you know. We'll see how they push that forward because. Yeah. I have a feeling we're not the only ones who don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I, I want the real Olivia back anyway. But even then, I mean, she she she'd already told Peter that she was that she needed him, you know, back in the the, the our universe mm-hmm. and stuff. So. I guess, unless one of them die, we're going to have to deal with it, I guess. No, soon something's going to have to come out of it, because they can't do this for the next 20 episodes. Yeah, let's hope not. You know, or 18 episodes. We can't have the same back and forth. They'll have to kind of get us a little bit through it and and take us to the other side of what happens. Yeah. But, yeah. I can't see them doing this for another 18 episodes. Let's hope not. Well, we okay. had um, an email okay. from a listener named Mikey. Hey, Mikey. And he says, hey, Sister J and Sister K, as a huge fan of your True Blood podcast, Yay. I'm very excited to see you've been focusing on Fringe now. <laughs> I love Fringe and really love hearing your analysis of each episode and the overall series story. One question, what else would you like to see in the alternate universe that we haven't seen yet? Hmm. He says, he also, in another email, he also says, where is Nina in the alt-universe? I can't wait to see what she's up to and what it means. Do you think we'll see her soon? And regarding the most recent episode four, I was wondering if you think we'll ever see Walter in his Harvard lab anymore and how you feel about him maybe moving his lab into Massive Dynamic. Also, will they move the cow there? Keep up the great work and thanks. Sincerely, Mike. Well, I, I firmly believe they will be moving the cow to massive dynamic, yeah, and I, I, I believe that we may occasionally see Walter maybe at the Harvard lab for some specific purpose because maybe he left something or he couldn't bring all the equipment or you know whatever the case is. But for all intents and purposes, I think he's going to be at the massive dynamic lab. And for for me anyway, from my point of view, I like it. I do. I like it I like a lot. The different- atmosphere yeah it's more slick mm-hmm. and and, and he's walter got, has privy to all that stuff yeah so you he's know, gonna be able to do a lot more a lot more stuff do in his little rinky dink lab mm-hmm. at harvard mm-hmm. so well, i would love, I like it in the alternate universe i would love to see more well we haven't seen nina at all like you said so i would like to see nina in the alternate universe see what she's up to Maybe she doesn't have a mechanical, you know, then there she probably doesn't have a, a mechanical hand and right. arm. Um, I would love to see more of the cab driver, Henry or Ben or whatever his name was. I forget what his name is. I think is. it was Henry. And see more of that. I want to, I, I don't want them to leave that character. I know. I, I mean, and it's, I liked him and I liked him and... Olivia interacting together. I did too. And I thought they were going somewhere with it, especially when he recounted for her that, yeah, I felt that way too. And the only person who, who believed me 
was my, my wife. wife. Yeah. See, and I mean, because nobody was believing Olivia either. So mm-hmm. I thought they was going to do something with that. I hope they do. Man, I hope so too. And I love, 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 love in the alternate universe, Charlie. I love I, yes. that we have Charlie back. Mm-hmm. I really like that Lincoln guy. Not really, but I like Charlie more, but I kind of like mm-hmm. the Lincoln guy also. Well, what I would like to see in the uh, alternate universe is a backstory to explain them damn worms that Charlie got. Yeah, we talked about that last Yeah, time. I want to know. You know, definitively, I want to know. <laughs> what the hell is the worms? How'd he get it? How'd he get it? <laughs> What's in the shot? <laughs> what, yeah, what is the shot doing? Yeah, what's in the shot? You know, so that's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was the only email that we had. Okay. And I would like to pose that question to everyone else who watches Fringe and listens to the podcast. What would you like to see in the alternate universe that we haven't seen yet? Mm-hmm. Send us an email. Let us know. I just thought of something else, too. I want an explanation, or maybe they explained it, but it went uh, went by me or something. I want an explanation as to why that daggum blimp is always up there. The zeppelins, yes, yeah. that's what they have. That's a mode of transportation in that universe. They talked about that last season. Oh, okay. See that that the okay. zeppelins that it's went by me mode then of, of transportation in the alternate universe. Oh, like they were supposed to be in ours, but we had the big. What was that big blimp that exploded or caught fire in mm-hmm. 1930 or whatever? Yeah, whatever. So that, mm-hmm. that probably put the ixnay on that. Okay. So. Okay. See, I oh. didn't even I, I didn't even recall that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, in answering that email, please send it to sisterspeak at gmail.com. What would you like to see in the alternate universe? You can also leave us a voicemail at 972-692-7341. Our website is sistersinterview.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash sisterspeakpodcast. And Sister J and I are both on Twitter at underscore Sister J and underscore Sister K. And you can leave us an answer there as well. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we, don't tweet, we don't Twitter about Fringe much because, you know. Tweet. Tweet. No, because I usually have to watch Fringe later. Take. Well, not only that, but there's so much going on that it's just, you know. I don't have time to be tweeting. Yeah, I don't I'm have time to be to tweeting. Understand. Exactly. So. Comprehend what's going on. But we do tweet about some of the other stuff, so. But we need to start tweeting about Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Or at least maybe at like, the what end. what the hell is going yeah. on? Yeah. Oh, that was a great episode or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. We'll try to do that, but anyway. Anyway, send us an email. Send us a tweet post on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Yep. That's it for now. I'm Sister K. And I'm Sister J. See you next time.